This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Nose. Good morning. Uh, we are doing the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, today is a very auspicious day because it's the birth birthday of <laughs> is the birthday of Sri Krishna. So happy Janmashtami to all of y'all. So we will begin over here. Uh, we are doing chapter 5. This is the Bhagavad Gita chapter 5. We had completed till verse 25. So we are going to do towards 26 onwards. So Bhagavad Gita chapter 5 verse 26. Krishna is saying to those wise men who are free from lust and anger who have subdued their mind and have realized God Brahma the abode of eternal peace is present all around now the last entire satsang that we did was based only on two aspects that is lust and anger so, these are the two things which a person is supposed to get completely rid of. Because the first one is all about desire. Lust does not actually mean lusting for another human being. It could mean you are lusting for any object, thing, place, whatever. It does not really matter. Last week, somebody had asked me a question. Suppose if I love my dog... <laughs> Would you call that a desire? Of course it's a desire. You are loving your dog. Naturally, it's a desire for you to have that creature with you. And imagine if something happens to your dog. Do you know the amount of pain that you go through? You will have to take him to the vet. You will have, you will have to tend to him like a child. So even if you have a pet, you are even then attached to something. And this attachment is the cause of misery to everybody. The desire to be with someone, the desire to be in the company of someone, this itself is a big, big problem. Think about it. That dog may die. And you know you will become heartbroken. For many days you will keep on crying. Maybe you will say you know. I wish my dog was alive. He was doing this. He was doing that. I took so many you know selfies with him. And this and that. And too many things will happen in your life. You will still keep on ruining. And crying. That is called attachment. That is the desire in a person to be with someone. People say that a dog is any day better than a human being. But why don't you understand? It is still an attachment. When you are attached to anything, even an object, let us say there is a particular object that you are so much attached to. That object could be just worthless. You know, it may be just a penny worth. But still you may be attached to it. People wear... You know, the rakhi. You know the rakhi which is there? 
just a few days ago. They will keep on wearing it till eternity. Till finally they will say, you know, till it drops off from my hand. What are you talking about? Here Krishna himself is saying, don't get attached. Think about it. When Krishna had to provide the dress, the garment to his Mupoli Ben, that is not a real sister, but still he would call her sister. Draupadi, did he not do it? See, he was doing it definitely something which has to be done. It's a part and parcel of life, but he was not attached to anybody. He was not attached to anybody or anything in this world. When everybody had to die in the end, all his brother, everybody, rather his his whole family, his children, grandchildren, so many of them, when they died, he just sat down under the tree, awaiting death himself. Think about it. If he was attached, he would have gone to those people and would have cried his heart out. But he never did that. A true yogi never is attached to any object or thing in the world. I was explaining to somebody in the morning. I said, in a normal world, a person gets exhausted in 10 minutes, 15 minutes if they have to stand and give a talk. To read in a book, a person gets tired. The person is so much bothered about, you know, oh, I am feeling exhausted, I am tired, I need a glass of water, I need this, I need that. That is because the desire, the attachment to the body is so much there. But those who have given up this desire, that is the lust for life itself. People should not even lust, that is desire for their own life. We try to save ourselves. We literally try so hard. And then what happens? You go through the whole process all over again. When death strikes, you have no choice. You know that. But the lust for life is so much. Man wants to live additional few days, a few days, a few months, a few weeks, a few this thing. What does he mean by that? I have not completed my task. I should have lived for another 10 more days. Why are you waiting? Give up this attachment. When a person gives up attachment to life, he can live right here and now. Right now. He doesn't have to bother about any relative of his, even his own body. Nobody, he doesn't even care. If there is so much desire in this world, then you cannot live for tomorrow. You see, you are going to be working yourself today itself and thinking about tomorrow. Oh, I have got this to do. Oh, I have got this there. This is so much of property I got to accumulate so that people are going to be happy. Who is going to be happy with properties? 
there is nothing like that. Even a small patch of land is a problem for human beings. Think about it. You may have a few cents of land, you know, maybe 100 square feet. Forget 100 square feet. Even a grave, the land which you have for grave, you know, 3 by 6, that is it. A small grave patch. You know how many people would pay anything to get that patch? Think about it. When people can rob the tombstones, they can rob anything. A few days ago, I was sitting with someone. They had brought a, you know, that huge water tanks which you put on top of the house, a plastic water tank. They were building a house. So they brought a water tank and kept it outside. You know, water tanks are very heavy. They have to be lifted up and hoisted up and then they have to be stuck on top over there. Maybe the higher floors on the terrace. They kept it in the evening. Next morning, somebody had robbed it. When they, they, they robbed the entire water tank. I mean, just imagine how this stupid thing could be. Have you seen the stores of Tesla, how they robbed? People are like this. So if you think you possess anything, if you have a desire for something, there will be a thousand more people who will have desire for the same object. And that is the problem. So lust is a problem. Giving up lust, you will be free. Second one is anger. What is the point in getting angry over someone or something? People get frustrated when things don't fall in place. Please remember this. In a very beautiful verse, Krishna has said, the root cause of anger is desire, unfulfilled desire. When you have a desire, the first one, that is the lust, anger is coming along with it. It is a package deal. And the package deal is so pathetic, you know. We will be destroyed just because of that package. The part which we call as anger comes when you are not having fulfilled whatever that you are wishing for. Now, if somebody doesn't do according to your system, you know that? Suppose you are cooking something and the person says, no, first you have to do this, then you have to do this and he does something wrong according to you. Hey, you are going to get upset. Say, oh, you cannot do that like this. For what reason are you angry? Why are you doing that? It is exactly like, you know, the dogs are barking at you and you, like an idiot, is barking at the dog. Now, the dog may be barking at your girlfriend. But why are you barking at the dog? Huh? For what reason? It's the same thing when somebody says something to me. It naturally hurts uh, some people. Yes. And they get upset and angry. 
do you think my universe is such a petty thing that it will not take care of itself you really don't know me then <laughs> the answer is very simple a yogi doesn't even lift his finger to do anything a yogi is a person who doesn't even have to do anything the universe does everything necessary i don't have to get angry if somebody is barking at me i will just walk away from there i won't even look at that person why should i bother i don't have to waste my energy over something and that is the reason why i don't indulge myself in any of these things it's not important to me i don't feel the need to get involved and bark like a dog in front of that other dog got it you be a person who is a yogi and that is what he says when you are free from lust and anger remember anger comes from unfulfilled desire remember this who have subdued their mind and have realized god those who subdue their mind when the mind doesn't talk the mind doesn't even utter one word it is completely decimated when the when the mind is decimated then the only thing that remains is the brahma when the brahma remains at that time you get eternal peace that means there is no disturbance the disturbance is in maya those who are doing the das bodh satsang with me weekdays 4:30 to 5:30 you know the timing they will understand what i am talking about the universe is maya beyond the universe beyond everything is brahma those who are lost in the brahma are in a state of non doing there is nothing happening there it's tranquility and peace so you become a brahmanyani and that brahma is present all around even if the dogs are barking even if the whole world is exploding the whole thing is going down it really doesn't matter why would it matter to anybody wasn't sri krishna the part of the yuddh the mahayuddha that was happening ha huh? kurukshetra mahayuddha was happening wasn't krishna himself the witness to it he lifted his finger no he didn't even bother about it he was in a state of absolute bliss he was doing his job okay he was a sarthi in english driver <laughs> a chauffeur maybe <laughs> he was chauffeuring and what was he doing he was least bothered he was not even indulging himself because he knew the brahma is taking care of it the maya itself is going to put everybody in ruins so such a person is always lost in himself we'll go to the next verse 
वी आर डूइंग चैप्टर फाइव श्रीमद भगवद गीता वर्स ट्वेंटी सेवन एंड ट्वेंटी एट दीज आर कंबाइंड वर्सेस शटिंग आउट ऑल थॉट्स ऑफ एक्सटर्नल एंजॉयमेंट विथ द गेज फिक्सड ऑन द स्पेस बिटवीन द आईब्रोज हैविंग रेग्युलेटेड द प्राणा दैट इज द आउट गोइंग ब्रेथ एंड द अपाना विच इज द इनकमिंग ब्रेथ फ्लोइंग विथ इन द नॉस्ट्रल्स he who has brought his senses mind and intellect under control such a contemplative soul intent on liberation and free from desire fear and anger is ever liberated those who are peaceful have you ever seen them sit in peace they have no expression on their face absolutely blank the inward and the outward breath the only thing that they are doing is breathing isn't it now this verse has been distorted for a different reason i will give you the answer to that also when the incoming breath and the outgoing breath is balanced that means he is not doing like this you know when you are upset and angry what happens to your breath you breathe too fast have you noticed it when you are running what happens you are breathing too fast are you not what is krishna saying over here he is saying simply the inward breath and the outward breath are in a natural flow comes in goes out what is he doing otherwise his eyes are also normally closed there is nothing to see what is there to see if i want to blank out my you know the whole vision in front of me what do i have to do i can put my eyes right in front of my nose over here look at the tip of your nose you know your eyes will go like this cross isn't it if i am looking straight my my iris is straight isn't it my pupils are straight i'm looking straight but when i'm bringing my eyesight closer my vision is closer i'm cutting off everything from far away isn't it am i not removing the entire field of vision when i eliminate the field of vision that means nothing is disturbing me in my field of vision the entire horizon that is there in front of me 180 degrees extending outwards is completely zero over here and i put my vision on my nose which means i am basically not seeing anything i have brought my vision over here i don't have anything in my vision my eyes may close at that time also doesn't matter and when my eyes literally close the breath is coming very steadily absolutely steady breath it is exactly the breath when i am asleep like that 
Alright? So when that happens, your mind activity comes to a complete standstill. There is no activity anywhere in the mind happening. Because you have shut down your eyes, your ears are not even listening to anything, your nose is not trying to smell anything, you are not speaking to anyone, you are sitting down over there peacefully. This is a tranquil state. Those who have gone to Sri Rangam can observe the tranquil state of you know the Ranganatha Swami temple that is over there. Huh? You can see the state of the saint sitting over there. Some of you might have seen in the newspapers an article about a Buddhist person who was sitting in meditation for I think 200 or 300 years. He was completely lost in the self. He never woke up by the way. This is a tranquil state. It, there is no disturbance anywhere. You have lost yourself in the Brahma. Exactly like Ramanuja. Ramanujacharya was lost in himself. Now 400, 500, 600 years. I don't even know how many years he is sitting over there. Just like that. In a state of bliss. So this is what he is talking about. Now this verse has been distorted to think Krishna is saying watch your breath. He is not saying watch your breath. He is saying look at the tip of your nose. How can you watch your breath? So this verse has been distorted to that level. If you watch your breath, your mind is working. Isn't your mind working if you are watching your breath? Coming, going out. Coming in, going out. You are watching your breath. Your mind is hyperactive. Hyperactive in the sense, let me give you an answer. When you do something in a systematic manner, think about it. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. I said it all at one go. But when I say like this, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Do you understand how much effort it requires? It requires effort of counting. Between 1 and 2, I have to count 3, 4. 1, 2, 3, 4. 2. 1, 2, 3, 4. 3. 1, 2, 3, 4. 4. 1, 2, 3, 4. 5. You see, I am counting the gap also in the middle. My mind is hyperactive. Any person who is doing yoga and is counting his breath, his mind is super active beyond the normal course of activity because he is counting, he is focusing, he has got his mind absolutely tied up in that activity of his. So where is the question of peace? Where is the question of tranquility? There is no tranquility. Krishna never said watch your breath. He said look at the tip of your nose. Gaze fixed on the space between the eyebrows having regulated the prana. Having regulated the prana. That means you have brought your incoming and outgoing breath 
to a normal level. They say breathe normally. That is all that is required. When you are normally walking around here and there or you are doing some work, are you thinking, I am breathing. You are not even aware of your breath. Isn't it correct? In this verse, he is telling you, why are you aware of your breath? Where has he said, become aware of the breath? Show me that particular thing. This is the distortion which people do in this world. They think Krishna is prescribing you yoga. No. His yoga is bhakti yoga. He says there are other yogas also which is called Sankhya yoga and karma yoga. You got to take normal breath so that you don't stress on that. Don't put your mind in it. If you don't put your mind in it, nothing happens. Now, when these two breaths are regulated, they are normal. You are not stressing on them. You are not even seeing anything. Nothing is being heard by you. You have blanked out your mind. See, the next thing. He who has brought his senses, mind and intellect under control. If you have to bring your senses under control, what are the senses? Vision, smell, taste, huh? hearing and touch. All these have to be under control. If you are going to focus with your eyes, are your eyes under control? No. If you are going to focus on your breath, is your nose under control? No. Do you get the point? If your nose is not under control and if your mind itself is so disturbed, I am sitting in meditation. What meditation? Sir, there is no need. I will explain this after I finish this verse. I will tell you what happens to a yogi. Then you will understand. He who has brought his senses, mind and intellect under control. He is not thinking. His intellect is also subsided. It's not even reacting to anything. The intellect which tells you, you got to reduce your weight. You got to become calm and peaceful. Your intellect is telling you all this nonsense. You believe that there is somebody there who is trying to tell you, do your meditation. It's your stupid intellect telling you that. Why should the intellect tell you? He is telling you when your intellect, mind and your senses are under absolute control. There is nothing happening there. They have brought their senses, mind and intellect under control. There is nothing happening. Such a contemplative soul intent on liberation. A contemplative soul. He is not thinking of anything else. He is not thinking how many calories did I burn. I don't know when people talk of all these 
nonsensical fads that are going on in this world. I am on a keto diet. I am on this diet. I am on that diet. What diet? There is no diet. Use the normal diet that is there. That is the reason why we say what eat what is there at home. Huh? When you do that, why are you bothered about diets and fights and all those kind of things? No, I got a lot of fat over here. Sir, go and see any yogi on earth. They are already fat. They don't eat but still they are fat. Have you seen the bulk that they carry? Huh? Their stomach is going to be like this. Huh? But it doesn't matter to them. They are not fat, fat. It doesn't matter. I can tell you something very funny about science. Let us say, now this is a very, very important lesson for all those people who, who are idiots of the first order, who think, you know, that fat is bad. Listen to my words very carefully. When we eat something, whether it is carbohydrates, proteins or whatever, just think, huh? I'm, think I'm telling you this. Now, suppose your daily requirement is 2000 kilocalories. Alright, you have eaten 2200 kilocalories of just proteins and carbohydrates. Just think, that is all that you have eaten. Your body's requirement was 2000. What will it do to the balance 200? Do you know what it does to that balance 200? It takes it, converts it into fat and puts it somewhere. Oh, this is my storage compartment. It's a cupboard. It stores over there. This is what you got to know. Now, that fat is stored so that tomorrow if you eat 1600 kilocalories and your body requirement is 2000, it will pull out the fat from there and convert it back into carbohydrates and use it for the purpose of energy. Did you get this point? It's a simple mathematics which will tell you. So you may say, I am not eating any fat, you know. It doesn't require to eat fat. You can eat carbohydrates, you can eat proteins or whatever. It will be stored as fat. Stored as fat. Hmm? It's a fixed deposit. FD, FAT, like that. Okay, now... That is fat deposit. Fixed deposit is like fat deposit. Got the answer? FD. Fixed deposit in the bank. Fat deposit in your body. Now see this important point which the body does to you. A body is a very important tool for humankind. If your fat, the same proteins and the same carbohydrates which are lying loose around in the body, if they don't get converted into fat, and get stored, S-T-O-R-E-D, as a fat deposit. Do you know what happens? The fat will move from the entire body. It will clog everything up. It will clog the whole system of distribution. And you will be dead in no time. Now do you understand why it has to store fat in some places? If the fat is dissolved in the blood and if it keeps on distributing, it's going around the body in circulation, 
it can cause terrible harm to the body. So the body has this mechanism of taking the fat out and storing it in some place. We will put it in a fat deposit. So I hope you understood that much. And then it goes and he says, Oh, today I require 400 rupees from there. Let me take out 400 rupees worth of fat. It is 400 kilocalories. Let me take out that fat. I will convert it back into carbohydrates and then I will use it. So this is the thing that the body does. The body has a very beautiful mechanism which can never be understood by mankind. We have billions, billions of you know creatures inside our stomach. You don't even know that. You may think I am a vegetarian. Sir, if you are a vegetarian, in your stomach there are billions of those worms. Worms means the bacteriums and all those things. We call them flora and fauna in the stomach. Suppose you take an antibiotic. Antibiotic, you know. Now, when you take a dosage of antibiotics because you are suffering from some disease or something like that, maybe you cut a cold or some nonsense that you have, do you know what happens to this flora and the fauna? It thinks, oh, this also has to be killed. So, that antibiotic kills that flora and the fauna in your stomach. When it kills the flora and the fauna in the stomach and then when you eat the food, you might have got well by the way. Okay, But when you eat the food, you will have a lot of loose motions. You will not be having any energy. You will still feel weak. That is because the flora and the fauna in our stomach is destroyed. So we have to resurrect it back. We have to get it back. And that is the reason why doctors normally prescribe the lactobacillus and this and that and so many other things. So don't take nonsensical medicines and try therapies which are of no use. Because whoever is trying to teach you about therapies has very little brains by the way. They don't know yoga, these, that, all those kind of things. Okay, they have no clue. They just studied in some college and some school or somewhere. Have a regular diet. Yes, when you are suffering from diabetes and all those nonsensical diseases, please go to the doctor. And yeah, you have to take care of yourself. So understand this. Anybody who has to live long in the normal course, eat a very healthy meal, normal meals that you can digest you can live a life which is not attached to any object or anything. So live like a yogi. You can definitely live like a yogi. Wasn't Krishna staying with so many wives and children and the whole empire of his? And today you are praying to the same Krishna. He is the highest detached person in this world. Even when his children died, he never cared. Because he knew that is the way of this universe. Nobody dies and nobody is born. A person who is a knower of Brahma knows this as an answer. There is no need to cry even for your dog or your cat if it dies. It's a part of life. So, this person is free from desire, fear and anger. He doesn't have any desire whatsoever. He is free from all lust, that is, 
and all anger and he is not fearful people are so fearful they are fearful about every blessed thing on earth see do not think that fear doesn't mean taking precautions okay precautions are important it doesn't mean that you have to be a stupid person and face some stupid ailment over there no coronavirus i was reading about an idiotic woman you know what she did she came to know that she was corona positive okay she had corona virus 48 hours later she fixed up an appointment with her person who does the nails you know in the salon and she took a salon appointment for doing her nails prior to that there was a whatsapp message that was exchanged between the owner of the salon and this woman in united states this woman says if you are having any symptoms if you are not well please do not come otherwise other people are going to get affected this woman wrote no it is all right and she came after she had finished the whole thing then she says to the person now you please quarantine yourself because i am corona positive i mean just imagine the stupidity of this person so i am not asking you to be stupid fearlessness doesn't mean being stupid like this woman you don't have to go and do your nails after that you may not be there you know with your nails after that of course you will be dead very soon so you may not have the nails also but that desire was there that caused the misery now every customer which came to that particular salon had to now get quarantined so the lady the owner of that salon had to file a police complaint but this woman was brainless she says what is the big deal in all this i mean what do you mean by what is the big deal you are going and spreading the disease everywhere and then you are saying what is the big deal that is not a done thing so got it so i was going to tell you how the yogis do the things i have finished this verse so i will tell you see normally when you are awake now i am awake you all are awake everybody is awake over here hopefully people are not sleeping in my satsang huh <laughs> i just hope that they don't sleep in my satsang they'll switch off the you know the what do you call that window and they... <laughs> because my satsang are very good for sleeping okay here when you are awake at that time you are conscious of this world everything around you you are conscious of it that means anything that is happening around you you are aware of it isn't it you are aware something suddenly drops dum oh something has fallen over here if the power goes the power is gone you will say these words isn't it you are aware of it in your dream state are you aware no your subconscious is working it is telling you see you have eaten too much of laddus today okay your stomach is hurting just now and because of those extra laddus that you have eaten you are going to be sick now so then subconsciously it is telling you <laughs> you have eaten something wrong 
the idea is in a dream state normally your subconscious is awake but your conscious state is not that means you can't see touch hear or feel isn't it this is what is happening to you those things are not happening to you <laughs> now subconsciously you are aware my father came to see me yesterday he was talking about a lot of stuff and then your mind starts playing it keeps on doing that and then you get dreams and nightmares also okay so <laughs> your subconscious is awake in your deep sleep state now we come to the third state in your deep sleep what is happening you are in a complete tamasic state no consciousness at all only your heart is beating your stomach is doing its work all your other activities of the body are going around that means your blood is circulating the blood is getting pumped in a very normal fashion it's on an autopilot mode nothing is happening there is no dream also because you are fast asleep so the conscious state is not there at that time okay so you are in a non conscious state but in a tamasic state so these three states you understood in the waking state you are conscious of the whole world now i want you to think about it when you sit in front of your guru when a person sits in front of the guru he is able to read your mind dirty mind <laughs> so he is able to read your mind guruji i hope you are listening to my prayers you know they are talking in the mind like this please you know my examination i have just given i wish i can pass okay <laughs> or is it i like that girl a lot can you please arrange my you know matrimony with her as if he is some matrimonial person <laughs> i am not feeling well can you give me some medicine as if he is a doctor but the guru the, the person who is a master you know he doesn't need communication of any sort it's not telepathy by the way people think that telepathically mm, you do like this i'm conveying a message to my guru <laughs> telepathy doesn't require that kind of an effort only mantra could do it not you okay let us come back to this so the guru is there sitting he is not even looking at you okay he is doing something he is talking to somebody else maybe i wish i can catch his eyes you know i wish i can catch his eyes what do you mean by you wish you can catch his eyes you don't have to catch his eyes he already knows what you are doing so there in a big congregation this this is a very funny thing which happens the, the person who is sitting behind he is trying to raise himself little 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 so that the guruji will see him what do you mean by guruji has to see you he doesn't need to see your dirty face okay <laughs> already you are having so much of dirt in your mind and you want to be seen you know you are craning your neck and you are trying your level best to catch his attention see some of the greatest of the gurus like say ramana maharishi he would be just 
like this <laughs> he is not even looking at anybody not a single person he is looking at there is a very funny guy you know a funny guy because he is supposed to be a guru supposed to be a guru he said you know what ramana maharishi one day was looking like this and his eyes got fixed on me and that day i got enlightened oh i didn't know he put on the switch inside of you i mean you really think that is how it works ramana maharishi must be thinking look at this idiot he is come to get enlightenment from me have you seen his hair by any chance he is thinking like that but the person says yeah i got enlightened well that is what it is but look at the way how this guru used to work there would be hundreds of people sitting in front of him he never looked at anybody everybody had a question in their mind and when they sat for half an hour or one hour in front of him they got the answer inside of them inside of them they got the answer this is a very very strange phenomena it is called the super conscious state of mind a person who is there sitting in front of you who is an enlightened being doesn't even have to lift his finger to do anything the person in front of him gets the answer without even lifting a finger this is a super conscious state of these yogis no activity is involved there hmm? so otherwise you will say mr suli okay send me to this particular planet oh come on he is not going to do that you know this is not star trek the thought comes from my mind to your mind it comes to your it doesn't happen like that it is always there it just comes out you get your answers and this is called a super conscious state the yogis are always in a super conscious state when you have to make a speech you have to think very hard of making a speech you may have to write it down even if you are an average human being and if you want to give a talk you will still have to you know first prepare for it write it down think about it these people these enlightened beings do not think of it they just stand there or sit there and they talk there is nothing inside of them it's just a conduit it's just a pipeline it's just flowing the water flows the words flow but if you stress out if you are thinking in your mind and if you are doing all kinds of activities like you know oh i got to think i got to think i got to think then that particular activity is a conscious activity a super conscious activity is nothing like that it just happens like that no external stimulus is also required higher than that is a supra conscious state the yogis who have 
left their body. There are lots of yogis who have left their body and gone. Sai Baba is one example. Sai Baba Samadhi is there in Shirdi. You may go to take a darshan saying that Baba, my mother is very sick. Please take care of her. He is not there in that physical presence of his and yet he is able to do those things. Again, there is no external stimuli or impetus given by that enlightened being. The universe performs the magic on its own. This is still a higher conscious state. There are many more. And the last one of it is what is Krishna himself, which is called the supreme divine consciousness. And that is what he says. If you have to attain that supreme divine, then the part which you got to take is love and devotion only. No desires whatsoever, no lust, no greed, no anger, nothing, nothing, nothing. There should be no activity in your mind also. No activity anywhere. Your mind has subsided. Your senses have gone for it. They have disappeared completely. Your intellect is not working at all. It is completely in a state of stillness. When you attain such a state, so I have given you the state of a yogi. You decide for yourself how a yogi actually acts in this world. You will understand it now. So such a contemplative soul, intent on liberation and free from desire. These yogis don't have any desire whatsoever. They are not interested in anything. Exactly a state. Where you have such a state, then you will become ever liberated. Now we move to the last verse. This is chapter 5, verse 29 from the Bhagavad Gita. Having known me in reality as the enjoyer of all sacrifices and austerities, the supreme lord of all worlds and the selfless friend of all beings, my devotee attains peace. Having known me in reality. The reality is this I just now explained to you the state of Krishna's being. He is even beyond the Brahma. Please remember this. He is always in a state of detachment. There is no attachment whatsoever. When someone asks him, which, which body will you take when you come again? When will you come again? What kind of a life will you have? Do you think he is interested in all that? He has got just a job to do. He will just come do that job and go away. Which body does he take? Do you know how many bodies? A fish body. A pig body. I mean just imagine a body of a small guy. He has so many avatars that he has taken. Has he ever bothered to say, No, 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 no. I am God Almighty. I can't become a fish. See? And when I tell you in your next life you are going to become a vermin, you are afraid of it. Oh, I don't want to become a vermin. But Krishna is related to anything. He wanted to become a pig in one of his life. 
He came as a pig also. See, it's a Vishnu avatar, isn't it? Varra avatar. And after that, he was refusing to go back. So they had to kill him. <laughs> Shiva had to come. <laughs> kill him to go back. So you know the story. But you are so attached to your body. Would you want to become a pig? No. I don't want to become a pig. Horrible creatures, you know. Well, then if you don't want to become a pig, why don't you want to get liberated in this life? So in Krishna's world, he is ever liberated. There is nothing which can bind him. You know, you know the reason why nothing can bind him? Whether you say good about him, bad about him, you give him hundred galis if you want. Galis means bad words if you want to. You, can, you may want to kill him, murder him or do whatever to him. He is least caring attitude. He doesn't even bother about it. You know the reason why? Because he is detached person. That is what he says. I am the selfless being. Selfless friends of all being. Whether the person likes him, dislikes him, hates him, loves him, it doesn't matter. Why? Because he is a selfless being himself. He doesn't have, oh, I want my friend to be nice to me. If there is an expectation like being nice to me, then it is not going to work. Because this whole world is not nice to anybody. So, then the point of being nice to somebody doesn't come, no. The selflessness, the action of selflessness, even the worst enemy of his, he will go and save that person. If there is somebody who has done something wrong also, he doesn't matter to him. Because he is selfless. He is not attached to anything. So, having known me in reality, so you should know Krishna in reality, being completely detached, dispassionate. As the real, in reality, as the enjoyer and sacrifices and austerities of all sacrifices and austerities, Everything that happens in your world, your world, is at the behest of Krishna only. Alright? Why are you bothered about whether it is good, bad, like this, like that? If there is a stressful situation, if there is something that has gone wrong, well, I just now told you, no? the austerities and the sacrifices, if you have understood Krishna very well, then he is the enjoyer of it all, not you. Enjoyer doesn't mean I enjoy being tortured. <laughs> no, it is not enjoyment doesn't mean that word. Okay, Enjoyment means yes, you are tortured. Very good. <laughs> so, enjoyment means the one who is participating in it participant. Whether it is enjoyment or whether it is unhappiness, sadness, joy, whatever that is coming in your life, he is the one who does all that. Okay? This you should understand. He is the one who has granted it to you. See, when think like this, 
your report card was prepared in your last life you know when when you were uh, mr napoleon bonaparte's assistant okay let us try to think like that because yeah part uh, regression therapy i am doing that so <laughs> all of you were part of you know uh, napoleon bonaparte and maybe some of you died in the world war also okay let us go back to that world war and then now you are standing in front of mr chitragup chitragup then uh, krishna is standing over there okay mr chitragup what is his case uh, see this is the whole length of documents that we have oh my god this fellow is literally <laughs> okay let us send him back to earth like a human being okay i am going down there send him as one of my devotees come on let me try to you know change his life a little bit and krishna says and he says when when are you joining oh i will join sometime in 2000 later you know when is he joining oh, maybe some 70s 80s or 90s okay okay so you are joining 20 30 years later okay good good all right so what all should i should add for him let us give him a horrible life in the beginning <laughs> because see it is a part of that prarabdha karma which they are piling up you know this is from your own story not from krishna's story please understand they are looking into your documents krishna is not creating new documents for you all right so when all that story gets written as your prarabdha then chitragupta will go to krishna sir is this good for you good to go good to go <laughs> Signed, sealed, and delivered, and then you are born. <laughs> you are crying in somebody's. <laughs> you are born, and maybe a few years later you will be you will be seeing Krishna yourself. How do you know that? <laughs> so did you get this whole idea about birth? He is not giving you anything from his pocket. It is you who has created the karma yourself. It is your karma. The only thing is he has done a little selection. you know these are run an algorithm wherein that algorithm all your other people are also involved in it <laughs> you know who is your father who is your mother or who is going to be your wife maybe your husband maybe your child or whoever you know all that algorithm he has worked out okay let us send this fellow now down to earth <laughs> that is why you were born now think like that so all the problems and all the troubles you yourself have brought them that is the reason why he says in this life move towards sattva become good become good become good all the time be your good self be your good self the only thing he keeps on saying is be your good self and when you are your good self then your next lifetimes will be better but why do you need next lifetime this lifetime if you have krishna in your life why don't you want liberation so that is what he says the only thing that you need to focus on is liberation the supreme lord of all beings that is i am the supreme lord of all beings krishna says this i am the supreme lord of all beings everybody is under my control but i am a selfless friend for all i am a friend of everybody you can be my enemy also doesn't matter i will still be your friend and that is the reason why then if you can understand this whole philosophy of mine how you have to get rid of your lust and anger which is desires of all kinds the unfulfilled desires also get rid of them become focused in me become detached don't get attached to anybody or anything just focus and do the job which i have given to you i programmed it in your this life 
you may have to go through a time where you may not have money do that as well and when you are doing all those things know that all this you are doing for me that's it you should always think that all these activities that you are doing all these sacrifices and austerities that you are doing sacrifice doesn't mean that you are going some going to the temple and doing some big uh, homa and all that no no even that activity of taking care of parents and all you are doing it for me and when you do that then you will attain absolute peace you are my devotee and you will attain peace so we have come to the end of this chapter 5 next time we will start chapter 6 onwards so thus in the upanishad sung by the lord the science of brahma the scriptures of yoga the dialogue between sri krishna and arjuna ends the fifth chapter entitled the yoga of action and knowledge thank you very much you have a very great day and happy janmashtami to you all over